Hello, and welcome to another episode of In the End, a Morbidly Curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. And guys, it is our last episode of the season. It is. We are rounding out season two and our first actual full season. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. It's also (laughs) a billion degrees in both of our apartments right now as we're recording this. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) We are melting. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I thought we could talk about Siberia because I'm hot and I don't want to be. <laughs> and one of the tricks that, yeah. uh, when I was little, um, I lived in Vermont, so it wasn't hot that often, but when it was, we would watch Dr. Shivago. And then in the winter, when it was really <laughs> cold, we would watch Lawrence of Arabia. So I was like, <laughs> nice. I'll just research Dietlef Pass and feel colder um but before we actually we get into that i wanted to to mention um it is gonna it's our last episode of season two and we are gonna kick off season three in the fall uh in september and um Mm -hmm. before that though i'm gonna post a poll on twitter on what you guys think our first episode of next season season should be yeah come vote in the poll and also like think about it if we have that few followers your vote is going to count for quite a bit it'll be an actual percentage of the of the voting poll but anyway um today yes we're going to talk about the we're going to do a morbid mystery and it's going to be the Jetlove pass incident yeah let's do it which super interesting super crazy interesting and crazy and i think like it's one of those situations where like the more i researched it some things became a little more clear. Um, Hmm. But that's like, you know, like pond water. And if you let it sit and it just sort of separates a little (laughs) bit, like you still can't see through it, but you know, it feels a little less convoluted. Right. Yeah. It's that. So, uh, do you have a pass incident? All right. We're going to grab, hop in our time machine Mm -hmm. and a plane. And, uh, (laughs) We're going to go back to January 1959 um, okay. at the Ural Polytechnic Institute in Russia, which is mm. just the other side of the, the Ural Mountains. Um, mm-hmm. So we're like, the Ural Mountains are usually considered like where Europe the ends. border between Europe and Asia. And, yeah, yeah, Asia begins. Um, so we're like just barely into like Asian Siberia. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so there's 10 students from said <laughs> institute that decide to set out for, like, a skiing, hiking trip. Um, hmm. There's eight men and two women. Semyon, and I apologize, I did study Russian, but, like, it's been a while, and some of these names, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Semyon Zolotaryev was the oldest. It was 38, and the rest of the party was somewhere between the ages of 20 and 24. So that's our... Okay. I mean, they're students, so... Right, yeah. so that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out they were all experienced hikers and skiers. They all had um, hmm. expedition training um, and mm-hmm. had received... So this is not the same as the current certification, like grade certification in Russia. They now have like right. seven levels, but they used to have three, and they were all grade two certified. Um, okay, so they were... Reasonably experienced. They were reasonably yeah. experienced, and, and this trip was going to push them up to their mileage for grade three. So, 
Huh, okay, so they were like basically the expert grade. This was yeah, the final. Low end yeah, of expert. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how this stacks up to current like yeah. expectations you know like i don't know if right 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 so the requirements yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not sure but they were experienced this was not their first radio they weren't just like yeah, a yeah. bunch of noobs who were like we're gonna go <laughs> scale mountain climb a mountain yeah. woo yeah <laughs> um so they set out and the group arrives in uh Yvedal in on january 25th 1959 which is in the sverdlovsk uh oblast in <laughs> siberia it's mm-hmm. I was looking at a map and I was trying to figure out like a good way to explain to you guys like where this is. Um, and here's what I've got. It's northern middle of fuck all nowhere um, in Russia. <laughs> right. It's like it's look up where the Ural Mountains are. And then if you look up Yekaterinburg, which is like the largest mm-hmm. city uh, out in Siberia. Yeah. And if you just go north a while, about <laughs> halfway between Ocean and Yekaterinburg, it's roughly there. If that you have seen are. Dr. Yeah. Shivago, when he looks out the windows of the train as he's tri- that, it's that. They're there. <laughs> yeah. With less Balalenka music yeah. in the background, I imagine. <laughs> so they arrive in Ivdal by train. Um, and then they move to Vijay, which is sort of the last like town that they're going to run into hmm. before their, their actual trek. And so they kind of stock up on supplies and they get some sleep and then they head out. Um, on January 27th, uh, they end up in uh, Gora Orton, which is just like another marker on the way. And the way that we know this is mm-hmm. they were all keeping pretty careful diaries like mm, of this okay. trek. Yeah. And then and then they're sort of like actually hiking from this point forward. Okay. And on January 28th, one of their party members, Yuri Yudin, um, decides to head back. He's got some underlying health conditions that are making this really difficult. Mm. Um, yeah like some arthritis issues and he realizes he is not going to be able to keep keep up and this is not going to work out. So he's just like, right. Peace. Um, good luck. Yeah. And I just, I, I, it's not necessarily important and I'm not like, Oh, that Yuri, but like, (laughs) I think it is a good indicator that these are experienced hikers and they know their own limitations. Right. For sure. And like, nobody was like, you can't leave us Yuri dork. Like, they like, yeah. So, and everyone trusted him to, like, get himself back on his own. He doesn't, like, need a chaperone or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so on January 31st, uh, the group kind of arrives at the edge of the more serious hiking area. Like, they've been hiking out with the skis and the whatnot, but mm-hmm. now we're getting into, like, yeah. the woods. Like, climbing the mountain right. or something? Right. Actual mountain stuff. So yeah. at the bottom of this mountain pass situation... Um, they stop for a little while and they actually set up a food cache for the trip back so that they don't have Mm, to carry all of this stuff, um, which is pretty common for hiking. So they set up their little food cache and then they, they head out the next day on February 1st. So the hikers start through the pass, but the weather turns, uh, rather severely. Mm. So it starts snowing. As it so often does. I was going to say, this sounds very Donner party. Um, (laughs) we'll get through the pass and the snow is like. No. Um, <laughs> Joke's on you, bitches. Yeah. And it seems that the visibility was so bad and the snow was so bad that it, like, it doesn't stop them, but they kind of wander off course a little bit. And mm. so instead of going okay. through the original pass that they had intended to, they end up drifting kind of west um, towards a huh. different mountain, um, towards uh, Kolotsiakl, 
Um, okay. The group is smart enough to realize they've done this. So they're like, right. oh, no, we're not where we're supposed to be. And so they're like, pause, time out. <laughs> Let's build a camp. Yeah. They set up yeah. their tent. Um, we can course correct in the morning. Right, exactly. Like, maybe the weather will or clear. Like we can when the weather is clear, yeah. <laughs> we can sort this. And so they set up camp, and they sort of set it up on a mountain slope. And there's some... It's... People question why they set up camp where they did. Because they could have just moved mm-hmm. down the mountain, and they would have been, like in a better more protected position in the or something. right but it yeah. could have just it could have been a visibility issue it could have just been they were too tired to keep moving yeah yeah I, if you're already off course i get it you want to like any further step you take if you've been like nudged off course by weather conditions by like poor vis- visibility or whatnot then like any further step you take may knock you even further off course you know so i can understand i mean also being if like right here here is where we camp you know i've seen you, you can find a ton of pictures of like the campsite that they found and it's not mm-hmm. like you know on the edge of a cliff it's it's like a slope right. and right. and i can see yeah. how if you're trying to pass if you're trying to go through like a mountain pass, you're trying to get up and over this mountain. You don't want mm-hmm. to go f- back down. Down. Yeah. To, so yeah, I can see why totally. they wouldn't. Have, but you know, and yeah, they're experienced yeah, yeah. hikers. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna question their motivations on this. Also, like, let's be honest. People camp like basically at the summit of Everest. So like, it's not like nobody camps on mountains. You know. Right. Come that's. <laughs> I mean, this is what one does when one climbs mountains. Right. You have to camp on the mountain. And if you this ever want to see that in the most like startlingly upsettingly for realness what there's a movie called meru um where they just have to like anchor in they basically just set up like Mm. um like hooks in the mountainside and they just like dangle Uh their tent off the side and they're like this is how we climb a mountain and i'm like wow that's a thing (laughs) yeah it's also beautiful (laughs) like that movie is just visually beautiful Mm -hmm. um that director knows how to make mountains look sexy but um <laughs> anyway <laughs> way off course <laughs> yeah. uh i have also gotten waylaid by the snow um <laughs> so they set up camp here now uh Dietlov, for whom the pass is now named is actually one mm-hmm. of the party members he had agreed um to send a telegram back to his sports club at the university when the group mm. returned to vijay which is the last place they had gotten mm. supplies Right. So according to like the itinerary, the message was expected somewhere around the 12th, but like, okay. On the 12th, nobody's fussed because they're like, dude, you're mountain climbing in Siberia. Things happen. So like, <laughs> we'll give it a couple days. Right. <clears throat> but by February 20th, when no one had heard from anyone in the party, the relatives. Cause we're getting on to like three weeks ish now that they've been. Well, like contact. over a week that they're missing well over a week late but like oh yeah but like almost three weeks since they like left civilization yeah they've been okay um it would be over three weeks since they probably saw people since like last contact with them yeah 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 but so on february 20th the the family of these people are like hey um (laughs) what are we doing about this and they they (laughs) demand that they send out like a rescue mission uh, the first rescue mission to head out is is actually just volunteers. It's just volunteers of students and, and teachers from mm-hmm. the Polytechnic Institute who 
are like, Who are like, sure. we'll go look for them. Yeah. Why not? Um, they are later joined by the army and, like, the militia. Um, hmm. Basically, everyone gets involved because it's weird. <laughs> yeah. So... The group goes out, they head out on February 26th. So like it takes them mm-hmm. almost a week um, of, yeah. of getting there and then searching. <laughs> um, right. The volunteers find the group's tent, like on the side mm-hmm. of this mountain where they stopped to mm-hmm. tent, but they're not there. Okay. Um, not a great sign. Right. The tent <laughs> is, is mostly collapsed, like in the middle, the front and the back end are still standing. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the middle has sagged and it's covered in snow. The tent has been torn open from the uh, inside. Right. Right. Um, and when they get in the tent, the hiker's boots are still in the tent. They're like in a pile over here. It kind of looks like they were maybe in the middle of putting like a snack together or like dinner or something. Um, mm. they find it's debatable, but the most common number I could find was eight pairs of skis, um, nine backpacks, which would be all of their backpacks, um, right. pairs of shoes, fur coats, blankets. They find an axe. They find their food supplies, notebooks, cameras. Um, like all of their shit. All of their stuff, broken. including money and their train tickets are like right here at this house. Everything point. is in the tent except for them. Pretty is much. what I'm hearing. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, questionable, questionable material here. So one of the, hmm. one of the things that they managed to do later was uh, Yuri Yudin, who obviously was no longer at this camp because he had gone home. Right. Um, they showed right. him some things that they found at the camp and they were like, whose was this? And whose was this? Hmm. Which sounds like the worst game I've ever played because I <laughs> would be terrible at it. Um, (laughs) but one of the rescuers claims to have found, um, a working flashlight on top of the snow on top of the tent. Hmm. And Yuri claims that it belonged to one of the, the hikers, like that he recognized it. Hmm. And part of the reason he claims he recognized it was that it was Chinese made and that was hard to find in Soviet Russia. Right. So. Right. I don't know if they actually found this thing, but that is a thing that is claimed. (laughs) So. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So some of the questionable things is uh, you cannot tell from the official photographs of this campsite whether the tent was cut on one side or both. You can tell it's definitely mm. cut on one side. Right. The end. Don't. But we just have the one photo, which only shows the one side. We, there's yeah. several photos, but none of them are at an angle where you can see right, right. the other side. Yeah. Um, and then under furious debate from everyone, <laughs> including the people who showed up to investigate this, is whether or not the tent was open or fastened. So, like, we know it was cut, but, like, was the right, tent flap? Right, but was the, f- like, flap also open? Yeah. Question mark. Question mark. No Unclear. idea. Okay. So that's the tent situation. Mm-hmm. Um, leading away from the tent are eight to nine sets of footprints. Okay. Um, mostly barefoot or in socks. Some of them had, like, one boot on. Right, because their boots were in the tent. Boots were yeah. in the tent. And I imagine, I don't know about you, but I as a hmm. human, if I am in <laughs> Siberia, it's February. <laughs> you and I have both been in Russia in February. Yeah. How's that we feel? We've experienced <laughs> Russia in February. It feels fucking 
cold. Like, colder than I even have the words to describe. So here's my one of my favorite anecdotes about my time in Russia. Russia is where I learned firsthand. Um, <laughs> I know what you're yeah, going to say. <laughs> where Fahrenheit and Celsius meet each other. And, yeah. and it is at negative 40 degrees. Uh-huh. And I know yeah. this because it was negative 40 degrees. Because <laughs> I was looking at all of the, the clocks and things that had the temperature on them. It's like negative 40 mm-hmm. degrees Celsius. And then I was talking to my, one of my friends back in the States. And I was like, oh, it's quite cold. And they were like, how cold is it? And I was like, negative 40. And they were like, what does that mean? And then I had to do the math. And then I was like, negative yeah. 40 Fahrenheit. It's the same. <laughs> That's where they meet. And I have stood yes. at a bus stop for over an hour <laughs> in that. So... Yeah. The temperature for these campers was about negative 30, is the estimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have just left their tent without their shoes on, potentially yeah. slashing and hacking a hole in the side of the tent. You would expect uh-huh. these footprints to be, like, batshit crazy of them just being, like, <laughs> and, like, running around. Stumbling out, because clearly something terrible is happening to them. Nope, yeah. they're super chill. There's no sign that they were panicked or running or stomping around. And they proceed. Okay. uh, As they follow the tracks, they seem really well organized. Instead of following behind one another in a row, which is really kind of what you do when you're hiking. Yeah, when you're hiking. They're kind of walking abreast very calmly down this hill. That's weird. Okay. That's very weird. That is not how you climb mountains. Okay. I mean, step. Or even like walk through the snow. Right. Step number one in walking through the show the snow put your <laughs> shoes on um <laughs> right but step number two is walk behind somebody right. or like switch off who the lead person is yeah okay yeah. so that's very weird right um the tracks lead towards a nearby wood um hmm. there is some as they're following the tracks like occasionally somebody will like wander off this group but though they keep coming back mm. yeah and they they're, they're headed into the woods Mm-hmm. Um, like down the mountain, yes? Yeah, down the mountain. Okay. Into the woods <laughs> to find the witch. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, the tracks get covered after about a half a kilometer. The search party keeps going. So at the edge of the forest, um, they find uh, the remains of like a little fire, like a little campfire uh, that somebody built. And um, right. it's it's like under this big... I think cedar tree. I'm not really sure. But um, they had, instead of gathering wood from the ground, they had stripped the branches off the bottom of this big tree to create mm. this fire. And then they also find yeah. um, the the bodies of two dead male hikers. Two of our party okay. members are here. Um, they're shoeless. And they are stripped mm-hmm. down to, like, just their undergarments. So, like, their undershirt and their man shorts and socks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was like, I was going to say tidy whities and I was like, was that, or I feel yeah, like the fifties were more not that, freewheeling, but, yeah. but then I didn't want to know what Soviet boxers were like. So whatever. They're not, they're like in their, their man shorts and, uh, and their socks. Yeah. So the two people are, uh, there's Doroshenko, mm-hmm. whose complexion is described as kind of a brownish purple, like really discolored, um, mm. specifically his hand and his, or his head and his hands. Um, hmm. Okay. Did not see any. I don't know if it was like full or just those parts. Right. I mean, those are the parts, especially if he's wearing like a 
long john style like long sleeve shirt then like those are the parts that you can see because they're the parts that are exposed right and it could just be shorthand or bad translations um (laughs) well because you know how russian works right it's like yeah yeah the slightest mispronunciation and you are in some serious trouble um (laughs) yeah so he's down to his uh undergarments his left sock is burnt just the left sock he has okay. um well they're sitting next to a burnt out fire like right he, i mean i'm not his foot was too close to the fire they're, they're yeah. sitting next to like a fire in negative 30 degree weather in their short shorts like yeah <laughs> yep. if the only i am also going to get as close as possible right. to that fire probably close enough to set myself on fire so like yeah get it. exactly <laughs> um his hair was also burnt a little bit on the right mm. side of his head yeah so he was okay. like my fire and he just <laughs> curled around it like gollum <laughs> Um, yeah, too close to the fire. <laughs> he's got liver mortis spots um, on his neck and torso and, and I think on his arms, maybe at his elbows. But um, they don't match up with the position the body was found in. So liver mortis spots happen when the body rests and, mm. and like fluids collect, right? Right. It's like blood pooling right. there. Yeah. Okay. Which would suggest the body had been moved after <laughs> death. Hmm. Right. Sometime after death. Right. He's got small- Presumably fairly quickly after death, though, because that shit's going to freeze pretty quickly in Siberia, no? Right, right. So, like, not that long after death. Okay. Yeah, we, we can talk about it. I have the simplest, I think, explanation as to the post-mortem, particular the post-mortem body manipulation. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. That's... Okay. Whatever. Pretty much nothing is simple about this case, and so I felt really good about being like, no, it's obviously this. Um, <laughs> he's got a small abrasion on his right shoulder that doesn't appear to have any bleeding, so it's just kind of like scratches hmm. or Like whatever. scraped or something. Yeah. Um, and a small bruise on his right armpit, which is a very specific place to have a bruise, <laughs> okay. but also if you're hiking with a backpack, I can promise you, not unreasonable. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing is like, and you're also like skiing, right? And I can see, and you're out in like the woods sticking and you're... your poles under your arms for you know, and they're like maybe gathering firewood or whatever. That's the thing yeah. is like, so Very many of these can happen. bumps and bruises that are mentioned on the autopsy is like, who the fuck knows? Because they've been out hiking in some of the hardest terrain yeah. ever. Yeah, totally. Um, Seems normal. You can me. see from the pictures they they took the cameras and they developed the film from the party there were like four cameras among them hmm. um they're having a great time but they're throwing themselves in snowbanks and they're you know tumbling <laughs> down hills and stuff so i you know i don't i can't tell yeah. you which of these happened before or after right what happened right but it's totally reasonable that they would have gotten a bit banged up in the course of you know hiking out to this spot yeah. right right so um that's doroshenko the other one that they find around this little fire is uh, Krivanashenko, who is also in his undergarments, obviously. And um, he doesn't have a burnt sock, but one of his socks is torn. And that's all I've got for you about his sock situation. Um, <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> his ears are frostbitten. He's got bruises. Uh-huh. He's got a bruise on his forearm, which, again, could be anything, but it's on the yeah. autopsy. Um, what I find super weird about this particular one is there's a there's a chunk of flesh missing out of the palm of his right hand. Huh. And it's found okay. in his mouth. Oh, 
That's weird. Well, I don't know if it's that specific, but a chunk of epidermis skin is found in his mouth post-mortem. Huh. I'm just, I'm now like (laughs) putting my hand up to my mouth to be like, could I conceivably bite off a chunk of my palm? I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, like the only thing I could think of is, you know, like in a quiet place. Um, uh huh. If you're just trying not to scream. Yeah, yeah. Like I've you know sometimes you just like bite. Like pressing your hand, hand over your mouth and yeah. you like clench. Uh huh. In a panic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. or some weird freak accent. I don't know. But anyway, that's a thing. Okay. That's a thing. He apparently had bitten off. A- chunk of his own small piece of his yeah okay okay um and part of his nose is bitten off Hmm. but they assume i mean that it was animals post-mortem like all the evidence would suggest those they don't talk about his face but they do mention that his hands have that same brownish purple color right i mean isn't that just hypothermia I don't think so. Like, I don't think hypothermia makes you go brownish. I think it makes you go uh, more hypoxic, which would be more like the purple, bluish. Well, I mean, purple, blue, brown, like all of those dark shades are close enough that I feel like, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I look at a, a frostbitten, like hypothermic body, like... Maybe I might describe it as dark purple. Maybe I might describe it as brown. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. And all I've got to go on is black and white photos. So, hmm. right, exactly. Um, they look exactly. uh, dark. I can tell you yeah, from the photos. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's all I've got. Um, okay. The reason I mention that is because they're not all the same color when they find them. Just so you know, like spoiler yeah. alert. Okay. okay. There's some right. color variance among our corpses. <laughs> Okay. Um, also, odd but semi-notable is that the second toe on his left foot is burned. Remember, his sock was not. Hmm. But his toe okay. is. So presumably earlier. Right, that happened previously. I, I guess. don't know, like the night before when they were setting up their right. their stove yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? This is Jet Love Pass. <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> Um, so they find those two bodies. They keep searching. And um, a little further up into the woods, um, they find three more bodies. They don't find them, like, hmm. together in a pile. They find them reasonably regularly spaced out. So it's, like, one person, hmm. and then I think it's about 300 meters, and then they find the next person. And then I think it's, like, uh, 350 meters further they find right. the last person. Okay. So uh, in order into the woods on this death parade um, <laughs> is Igor Dyatlov is the first one that they find in this little hmm. frozen conga line. And um, <laughs> he's described as being, this is funny because we're saying like brownish purple and now he's described as bluish red, which bluish red would be purple, but um, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they note that it, he is a different color than the other two. Hmm. Okay. That it is not the same as his companions. Um, when they find him, he's actually, of all of the corpses, they end up finding, um, the most warmly dressed. He's actually got, like, a jacket and, and stuff on, but still, footwear is an issue. Hmm. Um, 
he's got some abrasions on his face and dried blood on his lips. Um, hmm. Both of his knees are bruised. Again, don't know. Um, he doesn't seem to have any internal injuries, and his autopsy is the most consistent with hypothermia. Like, hmm. textbook hypothermia for this one. Cool, right. cool, cool. That's Jelov. We move a little further into the woods. Uh, we find Kolmogrova, which is the first female hiker that we find. Hmm. She's yeah. found face down, just kind of like, you know, like at the end of a hard day <laughs> when you just throw yourself in bed. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, her skin is described as like a purplish red, uh, specifically on her hands and face. Hmm. She is also dressed reasonably warmly, but has no footwear. Um, Mm -hmm. has abrasions on her hands and face. Um, Some of her fingers are frostbitten. And she's got a large red bruise along her side and, like, lumbar on the right side of her body. Um, Hmm. Okay. That, and I don't know if this is just speculation that has caught on, but several several sources suggested it looked like a police baton. Like, it looked like some, like, Mm. it looked like a impact injury. Something, like, long and thin. Right. A Uh, baton or a tree branch or a ski pole or something. But it looks like somebody hit her with enough force. Like, that this didn't look accidental in the sense of... Right. She didn't just, like, knock into something. Somebody, like, hit her with this. Um, Okay. And there are no signs of sexual assault on her, which they specifically noted in the autopsy. (laughs) Awesome. Big fan. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And she is also presumed to have died of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. The last one in our conga line, the guy leading the conga line and who suddenly looked back and realized no one was following him, um, <laughs> uh, is Slobodin, um, who's found, he's furthest into the woods. Um, <clears throat> he is also extremely warmly dressed. He's like jet love levels mm-hmm. of, of well-dressed here. He's mm-hmm. got all kinds of bruises and scratches, like all over his face, um, dried blood, on a good chunk of his face instead of just like on his lips. Hmm. And what's interesting about him, and we're talking about what could be errant bruises and what could be maybe not, yeah. but this doesn't, this seems relevant to me. Um, on his I think left hand, all of the knuckles are bruised. And it's the, it's the kind of bruising you mm. would get from like punching someone or something very, very right. hard. Right. Which to me seems relevant unless they were like, you know, boy fighting or something you know like backyard bare knuckle brawl which like also possibly a possibility um you know maybe that's how Diatlov's lip gets busted right because this dude punches him in the face right. or something you and know? it wouldn't have been an actual it doesn't look like it was an actual struggle because nobody else appears right. to have thrown a, a punch so like this guy just yeah. goes crazy and like punches somebody in the face <laughs> yeah which yeah i mean i guess if i'm out in negative 30 degree weather and I'd be like this was your idea asshole (laughs) Um, (laughs) but who knows so if you're looking at um, injuries on Slobodin and you're like well this doesn't seem so bad the problem is then you get to his head and um, his skull be fractured (laughs) real bad like it's Uh. basically when you see the kind of the scans they've done and the recreations of how much of his skull like shattered like broken glass it's about half of it oh god Um, oh god bashed in rather spectacularly (laughs) wow all right um 
he also has some of those liver mortis spots that would suggest that his body was moved after death. Mm. Yeah. So the other guy and this dude. Okay. So wait, I uh, the skull fracture. Yeah. Or the 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 bashed in head. Are we talking like from the back, from the side, from, from the, the side? Front? Is like his face caved it's, in, it's or his, it's the right side of his head, kind of right right above? Okay. His ear seems to be kind of the epicenter. Okay, so like back side. Back yeah. Smash. Okay. I would say the side of his. I would say okay. the side. Okay. Like, and a yeah. All right. An attack or some sort of hit or something. Yeah. Kind of blindsided him. So that's all they find on the first hmm. expedition. They find five super dead people who probably died. So we're still missing four people. Correct. Yes? They do not find these other four people until May 5th. Until the snow starts to melt. That's exactly right? what yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> there's a yeah. there's a local group, uh, like indigenous people in the area of the Monsi, and one of them is out mm-hmm. hunting with his dog, and in the like melting snow, <laughs> is like, right. I think that's yeah. a person. Um, Frozen Russians. Right. Okay. <laughs> calls it in. Um, so the bodies are found May 5th, but they're not examined until May 9th. Just so you know, mm-hmm. it takes a while for people to get out there. Yeah. They refer to this as the den. It's in like a ravine. So this group of four mm. managed to get someplace where they could kind of beat the wind, right? Like it's a natural right. fortifiable okay. area. So then wait, are the three the three like in the snow, are they beyond that? Cuz no, they're No, no. So it's they're basically between they're between the tree and the yeah. ravine. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were farther apart than that. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Um, I think it's kind of like... <sighs> the best diagram I could find kind of makes it look like our, our conga line collapses. This group mm-hmm. is... It's kind of like a triangle situation. Hmm. Okay. So, all like... Right. Yeah. I don't know if they all set out together, those three collapse, they veer off, or if these two groups split off. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm right. not sure. Right. So the 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 three like who dropped as they walked apparently they're not between the tree and the ravine. They're like off in a different direction. Yeah, I mean the ravine goes along all. Well, right between. Right. I I guess I don't mean the ravine. I mean like the bodies that are found in the ravine. That's my my best understanding from the maps okay. I was looking okay. at. Yeah. I could be mistaken, and if I am, yeah, I apologize. I've seen a lot of maps, and they also like. Every single one seems to be different. Some of them have, like, the bodies in the snow, like, between the tent and the tree. And, like, it's it's all very confusing. Yeah. So, that's true. I have seen those. But I they were from sources I trusted less. Right. There right. is so much information. Like, time out. <laughs> Real talk here. <laughs> there is so much information about this. And so much of it is by, like, conspiracy theorists who want things... To be, mm-hmm. to, and we'll talk about this, but to be like aliens. And like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. It's super weird. But trying to parse what is reasonable information is uh-huh. really yeah. hard, particularly when I know I can't really trust any government documents because it's Soviet Russia. <laughs> so, right, because it's 1959. <laughs> so, In everything Russia, I tell yeah. you is based on the premise of tenuous trust. <laughs> um, right. Right. As far as we can determine. From what I can determine, trying to triangulate from multiple sources that I almost (laughs) kind of trust. This is where we're at. So, (laughs) 
That's what I'm right, saying. Yeah. The maps gotcha. I'm looking at. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This would be my best guess. So. Yeah. So yes, we have the den. Hmm. Inside yes. a ravine. When you say den, you mean like there's an actual little cave? No, 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 no. It's just inside that's, the that's, ravine, or like they're just in the ravine. They're just in the ravine. This is referred to okay. as the den. Um, right. Yeah. 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 No, I just like, yeah. Yeah. There's no. To, yeah. It would be nice. They're not like in a cave or anything. That would have been cooler. They're just like. Yes. Gotcha. If they were like, hey, Siberian bear. We're in a bit of a sticky situation. Don't do you mind? Right. Don't plan on staying long. Don't would not want to impose. But as you can we see, we will definitely be gone by the time right. you wake up from hibernation. We don't have fur, and our ears are falling off. So if you wouldn't mind, can we just snuggle for a while? Um, no, it's just a ravine. They yeah. they seem. It's hard to tell because it's several months later and snow has shifted and melted and moved and right you know, of whatever. course so of course. don't know exactly what they did in this ravine but they were definitely in it um yeah yes yeah, so the first body from the ravine that i'm we're going to talk about is the second female hiker hmm. um dubinina i think i think the i think okay. the hard vowel would be the first one. i don't know anyway Probably that seems likely, but yeah. Um, our second female hiker. Unclear which follows get reduced. Yeah. This is possibly the most horrifying corpse that we find in this. So if you're not mm. up for that, okay, might I suggest skipping ahead a few minutes? Yeah. Um, she's found uh, on her knees with her face and her chest chest pressed into a rock. So almost like she's like uh, okay. hugging Huddling a rock against the rock. Yeah. She is dressed reasonably warmly for not the weather but the party um (laughs) she has like a short sleeve shirt and then a long sleeve shirt and then two sweaters um Hmm. one of the sweaters ends up when they test it being super radioactive um what's interesting Hmm. is it actually belonged to another party member okay like it wasn't originally her deal yeah at some point, she realized she was probably going to lose her toes, so she had ripped off chunks of the sweater and had tried to wrap them around her feet, but she only got through one of them and seems to have dropped the mm. other strip in the snow. She has massive crush damage, uh, just like flail lung, and like pretty much all of her ribs are broken. Mm. Um, oh, wow. Okay. They compare it to um, the impact of being hit by a car. Like, there's not a way oh. that this was a person yeah. that did this yeah it yeah. was larger and had more force yeah um the soft tissue on her upper lip is ripped off and her teeth and her upper jaw are exposed oh damn okay um her nose is broken and pretty much completely flattened uh-huh the soft tissue around her eye socket is damaged and partially removed and she is missing both of her eyes Ugh, gross okay how um, much of that can they tell? How much of that is like postmortem animals and how much of that is like paramortem injuries? When there were situations for the most part when there were situations when it looked like it was done postmortem, they mentioned this, like the movement or hmm. the nose being bitten off. They do right, not mention right. any of that with this. Okay. The eyes seem to yeah. have gone with the eye socket flesh in Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then also just like for good measure, just like to throw this in um, <laughs> after the crushed ribs and the flail chest and all of that good stuff. Um, her tongue is missing. Yeah. Oh, and God. okay. 
I do mean it is missing. It it's missing. Um, they're not quite sure how it's missing, and they're not mm. quite sure where it went. So there is some evidence. <laughs> um, when they emptied the contents of her stomach, there was mm. like a really dark, thick, kind of mucusy situation oh, in her stomach. Not that she had okay. swallowed it, but that she had okay. swallowed a lot of blood right before she died. So the suggestion uh, is that she lost that it. That it was, right, like, as she was dying. Right. It, it, with enough, like, time left to swallow okay. some of the blood yeah. from that. Yeah, gotcha. There, that's not conclusive, but it would suggest that the tongue... Yeah. Let's use passive. The tongue went missing um, <laughs> while she was still alive. The tongue was removed as she was dying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. So there's that. But. Oh, God, that's so horrifying. Minor bonus here, I guess, is that she also <laughs> showed no signs of sexual assault. So there's that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the good news for sure. Yeah. Um, the next three bodies that I'm going to talk about, there isn't like a ton of information in their autopsies. I mean, Zalatarev, there is, but it's very similar. Um so I, I don't have as much information as I would like on a couple of these. I think it was a different mm. person doing the autopsy. So they were just like, ah. right. Yeah. Um, and there was some pressure to like close this case. So they're like, yep, everything yeah, yeah. seems great. And I also promise you that the last <laughs> body I'm going to talk about, I am not even going to try to say that last name because it's French. Um, <laughs> anyway. So the next body that we'll talk about that was in like the den is uh, Zalatariev. He's also got crush wounds. He's got flail chest and uh, the broken rib situation, which would suggest that same impact hmm. that we saw yeah. on, on our last lady friend. Um, he also has missing tissue around his eyes and also his eyes. So the two of them, two hikers, zero eyes uh. situation. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um. He's got some minor cuts and bruises that aren't really worth talking about. Um, there's some... Uh, it, it looks like his nose was broken. Or maybe not entirely broken, but some sort of impact trauma to his nose. Um, hmm. What's kind of interesting about him is he had a camera on him. like, ah, on, like on his on the body. person still. Okay. Uh, the film was water damaged, according to the official Soviet record. Yeah. But the reason I find that interesting is is when they asked Yuri Yudin, our good friend, who's like, hmm, does right. this look familiar? He identified Zolotaryev's camera among the four cameras that there were there. And he said that there were only four. Hmm. And so this guy has like a mystery fifth secret camera on him. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Shrug. Weird. I don't know what that's about. But also we'll never yeah. know because the film is either missing or was actually damaged. Who knows? Right. I mean, it's reasonable right. to assume that a camera from, like, 1959 is not oh, watertight, yeah. and the film was it's actually been... water-damaged after sitting in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does not sound like a cover-up. Like, it was sitting in the snow for four months, like, buried under the snow. So, like, yeah, that that camera is destroyed, and that film is definitely also yeah. destroyed, you know? Yeah. So, that's Zolotaryev. Next in our pile is... um. Hmm. Kalevatov, who is described as uh, having his skin being gray-green. So if you're wondering, hmm. 
Here we go. Okay. Here's a new. This is a new color. Here's a new yeah. color to add to our <laughs> our paint yeah. chips. Um, his eyes aren't missing, but you know what are missing? His eyebrows. Like the skin there is just ripped right off or cut off oh. or something. Just the eyebrows, Yikes. not the eyes. Weird. Okay. Um, he has an open wound behind one of his ears. This looks like some sort of blunt force trauma. Does not actually crack his skull, but he's got a, a decent hmm. open wound there. Yeah. Um, and his sweater, his sweater also is later shown to be radioactive, though this was his hmm. sweater, whereas, right. yeah. um, the other, the other one was, was not, belonged to, yeah. to a different hiker. Um, and there's just a ton of information missing about this guy's body. Like other things that were noted on other autopsies are not noted on this one. So I, I don't hmm. have as robust information on him as I would like to give you. Right. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Or if it does, it was redacted somewhere along the way. <laughs> Our last hiker has a, I'm sure, beautiful last name in French that I can't say. Uh, it's hyphenated because it's French. Um, yeah, I looked it up. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, this is not going to be perfect, but it's like Thibaut Brignol. Sure. Ish. Yeah, I just, I don't even try with French. You know my feelings <laughs> about the French language. <laughs> um... He has, anyway, this, our, our not French Frenchman has um, multiple fractures uh, to the temporal bones hmm. that had caused both of them. Okay. Quite extensive damage. Um, yeah. He's got a bruise on his upper <laughs> lip and a hemorrhage on his lower forearm. And that is hmm. all I have for you. His autopsy is incredibly <laughs> sparse. Right. Okay. And that's, like, what we have on these hikers. Like, that's the sitch. We've got a campsite with all their stuff. And then we just have kind of, like, a trail of bodies leading very calmly. Scattered throughout the snow with a very wide wide variety of of injuries. injuries. Yeah. Yeah. From, like... Basically nothing, because you just froze to death, to, like, eyes missing and tongue cut out and torso crushed. Right, so I will say, the official um, (laughs) record back in the day, when they closed this case, they were like, well, everybody died of hypothermia. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I mean, maybe, like, maybe at core level. Yeah, yeah. However what um i have seen various things so if we start looking at the terrain here right and we can Hmm. get into more specifics on this when we um we could talk about actually let's just talk about theories right so i had told tara before we started recording that there's about mm, i don't know a thousand theories on this um (laughs) right i mean literally in the hundreds yeah. If you ever start down that rabbit hole, be careful, it's deep. Um, <laughs> literally in the hundreds, I could find reasonable cases made for about 25 to 30 of them. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which I don't want to go many through. to talk about. Right. Yeah. It's, it will be here for days. It'll be worse than yeah. the Estelle woman. Um, so there's like broad categories that we can kind of like yeah. lump this into right um the first one and the one that the police originally went with was that it was some kind of like murder right Hmm. so 
Yeah. Their first thought was that there were some prison camps semi in this area and that uh, prisoners had escaped. And uh, they think they're like escaped gulag prisoners. Right. Attacked them. <laughs> couple of but problems like, with that. There were no... Escaped gulag prisoners are going to steal the shit. That's... Because they have nothing because they just escaped from the gulag. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, the clothes would not be there. The money right. would not be there. Yeah. Um, they would not have left anything. And also, yeah. there were no prisons that reported any escapees mm, around missing. this time. Yeah, yeah. So... It's funny because the police don't rule it out because there's nothing missing. They rule it out because there are no reports of missing prisoners. So, <laughs> but I guess if you're really good, I don't know. People died in the prisons all the time. Like, are you really going to notice? I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, just because there are no records of missing prisoners doesn't mean that there were no missing prisoners. Right. Especially but, like, like the fact that nothing is stolen right. to me completely rules this out because right. like the train you have tickets just escaped from the gulag. The like, train tickets are still there. Yeah, you're gonna steal their identities, right. like because you no longer have an identity because you've just escaped from the gulag. Like you're going to take the clothes and the money and whatever papers, like personal papers they have. And yes, the train ticket, you're going to take everything mm-hmm. with you. And if oh, nothing yeah. is missing, then like that rules out this theory for me. They're, they're personal. So even to this day, like Russians kind of have to carry around their ID paperwork in a way that I think yeah. Americans are sure as hell not used to. And <laughs> I, most right, yeah. Europeans wouldn't be used to. Um, but that was even more true at this point. And all of their, their ID mm-hmm. paperwork is also found in the tent. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know. So it's not escaped. It's definitely not. Context. So once they roll that out, I mean, naturally, our next step is to go to racism, right? Like now, now we have to be <laughs> <Of> racist. <course. laughs> so remember when I said that the second group of bodies was found by local indigenous Mansi tribe folk? Ah, uh, yes. They immediately, we're gonna blame them. Yeah, we're immediately <laughs> going to blame them. Right. Motive here is questionable. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know why they would. <laughs> the theoretical motive is that there were, like, sp- like holy spaces to the Monsi in this area that were being desecrated by hikers and, um, hmm. like, archaeologists and stuff. Now, hmm. the big to-do had happened 30 years ago. Like, there was a, I think, archaeologist or geologist that had gone out and was taking, like, essentially samples, samples out of there. Yeah. Um, right. And it was a big to-do. But that was 30 years ago. So, like, yeah, probably yeah. not. Um, also, to, there were, like, no Mansi tribes people actually living, like, in this area. <laughs> they would hunt right. there sometimes, but nobody, like, yeah. was, like, nobody, stationed. Nobody, like, there. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I don't know why they would kill these hikers, but also none of them seem to have been murdered, you know? Like, none of their deaths... Like, straight-up murder. Murder, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be... I am about to explain why this is total hogwash, but, like... um... I guess in theory it could be so like if you're imagining they're in their tents and then they have to slash right. open. So it could have been an intimidation thing. Yes. People could have chased out. them out of their tents. But then and they would have been running they down the hill. Subsequently died. Instead right. of calmly yeah. strolling down the hill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean unless they're like Probably. I know they're Russian. <laughs> but however. There are limits. Yeah. 
Uh Um, (laughs) Problems with this. There are no holy areas anywhere near where the hikers were. So that motive (laughs) is nonsense. Also, nothing was stolen. Now, not to say that the Mansi would have stolen any, like, naturally inclined to steal things. However, one of of the most um, valuable things to this tribe for trading and for um, basically as a currency is alcohol. And all of the hikers' alcohol Mm. was found in the campsite. Yeah. So although they they weren't there for stuff and they didn't need stuff, um, they would most likely have taken the alcohol with them. Um, Yeah. Despite all of this, like, there's no one nearby, there's no holy places, there's no nothing, there's no, no evidence. Um, they do arrest some people. Of course they arrest they a couple of people. I don't know what happens to these people. Nobody knows what happens to these people. There's no record so that they, they had a trial. in prison. Okay. Well, yeah. there was no record they had a trial. There was no record that they were put in prison and there was no record that they were released. They were disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty common at the Extremely. Time. So... But it's so. weird that they would bother disappearing them and not officially blaming them for anything. You know what I mean? Like, we've closed this case. We know it's these people. They didn't do that. They just, yeah. like, disappeared them into the KGB system. I, yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, like, definitely took them out somewhere and shot them in the head and buried them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it could... But, okay. So that's, like, the official... They're like, well, clearly it was the Monsi. Could right. also have been, if we're talking some kind of murder situation, uh, other hikers. There aren't any known to have been in the yeah. area, but I guess it's possible. And they had like, like I don't know, a weird sh- turf war. <laughs> uh, okay. Again, yeah. I guess I feel like they would have taken some things with them, but that's just me. Right. This sort of starts to get into the, the government cover up bucket, hmm. but it's sort of on the yeah. edge of these two things. So there's the yeah. theory that they were mistaken for escaped prisoners. Okay, um, sure. And KGB or Milizia or whatever acted too quickly. Um, right. <laughs> and then kind of staged it like they got and lost. And then we're and, like... Yeah. So our bad right. on that. Um, how are we going <laughs> to fix this? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not that I don't think that would be possible, but... I don't know why they need to do that because they can just disappear people. Like there doesn't right. seem to be any need to like stage this elaborate scene like this I, to like confuse. You know, like I think in that they situation, would just disappear. it would have had to be like lower end people, like people who are just yeah. like out on a patrol in mm. Siberia mm-hmm. as the <laughs> guy who's so low on the totem pole. They send you out on patrol in Siberia. <laughs> Right. <laughs> who then wouldn't want to admit to his higher ups who can disappear people that they fucked up. That yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think yeah. that's kind of how you Maybe. would have to, to spin that. So that's Yeah. Um other theories is that um kind of KGB Soviet super secret stuff is <laughs> was using this area for some kind of testing or training exercises and, and the hikers just kind of happened to wander into mm. the middle of said not goodness. Right. Which and ranges like, from anything from... Ended up dead. Right. Yeah. They were testing sonic weapons, which huh. <laughs> some people use to explain okay. some of the, like, the impact, kind of the crush right. wounds. Like the crush injuries. Um, yeah. And the, 
like this crushed like the skull head, the and, skull fracture and that yeah. sort of thing um that they were testing some kind of nuclear weapons which is how you end up with radiation now here's my thing on the radiation people make a huge deal a huge yeah. deal of the radiation at this <laughs> and i thought it was weird too and still i till i started looking into it so hmm. you'll hear people say like oh the whole area is known to have been radioactive i found literally no evidence of this <laughs> i find right. it on a few conspiracy websites i haven't found it so if there is some please let me know i just i didn't yeah. i didn't see anything that would strongly suggest that this was true um mm-hmm. it seems like there were a couple of pieces of gear with these people right which could be in russia in the 1950s literally anything like that <laughs> that could very easily that that's like a red herring to me like that could have happened before yeah. they left that could have you know for sure that's what i'm thinking if it's only these two sweaters and like i don't know i think maybe potentially some of the yeah. other gear or something in the tent you know if it's only a couple of the things then my assumption is that happened before they left on the right. trip because right. if it happened to them on the trip then everything would be radioactive but it, that's not the case right. like it's just these few things and like guys they worked at a science institute right. some of them probably worked with radioactive material exactly. you know like exactly the sweater was one that they wore into the lab and like you know the suit you know the, right. there's tons of plausible explanations for this right. that like if radiation was actually present, like, on that location, then everything would be radioactive. Right. You know? Right. And I, I haven't seen any evidence that this is true. Um, right. I have seen people saying, um, and that this was in uh, the BBC podcast uh, documentary, did a thing on Dead Love Pass that I listened to, and they they have an eye like an eyewitness somebody who was there who says that the hmm. the people doing the autopsies took precautions against radiation poison that they right. were they were ordered to before they started doing the autopsies maybe yeah. i don't know it's again it's soviet era everybody's super paranoid <laughs> and these bodies right. are it's 1959 right you guys and these bodies like are weird. think about what point of the cold war we're at here you know right and so you don't know if this is from their perspective, this could be foreign interference. This could yeah. be, and, yeah. you know, so like, exactly. I don't know. This is some Again. trap set by the CIA. It's you a know? trap. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe some of the students like worked with radioactive materials. And so they knew that there was a chance that, you know, like, yeah, who I knows why. Right. I don't know. I don't know what anything means in this, but I'm just, uh, <laughs> alternative theories rather than jumping straight to it was like a nuclear conspiracy yeah Yeah. nuclear test site yeah is it possible absolutely like (laughs) yeah russia was up to all (laughs) kinds of crazy stuff um (laughs) yeah right i'm not saying that i don't like yeah (laughs) um i'm not saying that i don't think that like that this is possible russian government would have done this i'm saying that it doesn't seem to fit the evidence that we right. have. That's that right. is what I'm saying. I mean, they could have been <laughs> testing something. It could have been some kind of exercise. And yes, these people just ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, 
lots of options, right? And stuff yeah, is redacted yeah. and stuff is missing. But again, I don't know what of that like, is this specifically. It's 1959. Like, yeah. everything is chopped up and redacted. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. So, like, bucket number two is KGB shrug emoji. Like, I... <laughs> could be anything within that spectrum we're testing nuclear Mm, weapons we're testing i do people get really hung up again on like the sonic the idea of testing some kind of sonic weapon which don't get me wrong yeah i love as a human i love the idea of a sonic (laughs) weapon because like i i can't handle noise and i just love the idea of like weaponizing it against other people that i hate (laughs) but um i feel like if that were true and, and that's a theory people, like of all theories of what the KGB was up to, this is the one that people seem to cling to. I feel like you would have some evidence that something using that technology existed now because it was 60 years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I don't also, see any evidence that we're weaponizing, you know, this isn't Street Fighter. It's not like Sonic Boom, you know, like we don't have that <laughs> Yeah. currently. Yeah. And my problem with the Sonic weapon thing is like again not that it's something that i would put past the kgb in this or the cia in this era anyway right right. however once again it's a similar problem that i have with the radioactive sweater like if it was the case then wouldn't there be more like trees would be flattened and all of the bodies or most of the bodies would have these crush injuries or something right and animals Yes, and animals would be dead. Also with the nuclear bomb. Like, shit would be destroyed. Right. I feel like the search party that goes out, the student search party particularly... the search party would walk into a, like, wasteland. And And they would mention um... all of the adorable dead foxes lying around. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Exactly. And they didn't. So I... Yeah. Yeah. I find that questionable. So... So far, we've yeah. ruled out literally everything. So let's move on to the next bucket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't ruled that out, right? It could be, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is. Is it possible the government was involved? God, yes. Absolutely. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so there's that. So then, okay, our next bucket of possibilities right. um, is nature. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lots of theories. I find some of these kind of the most plausible mm-hmm. avalanche is the first right which they heard it coming didn't have time to get out of the tent so they just like mm-hmm. slashed the tent and left. slashed it open and yeah which could cause some impact wounds that they had for sure yes problem absolutely. is by the time they get to where the bodies are Mm-hmm. If you had flail lung, you are not getting that far from being, you know what I mean? Like if you've had an right. impact. It has to hit you at the edge of the ravine and it sends you into the ravine or something like that. You know, like it has to happen there, right. not back at the tent for sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, no evidence that there was an avalanche in that area uh, any time around when they were there. Um, <laughs> and the place that they were on the mountain looking at typical kind of like snowfalls and and avalanches it wouldn't have traveled where they were 
uh, in that direction. It's possible yeah. it could have kind of a flip yeah, of thing. Course, bizarre things happen, but, but it's not likely. Not likely. And also the way that their tent was found. Like when you look at the pictures, like the tent poles are still upright, upright. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Not bent to either. Under, not buried and not yeah. bent to either side. Because yeah, if yeah, you had yeah. that kind of force coming down, it would have pushed. Right. They're ski poles, man. Like they would have just gone like. <laughs> bloop. Um, yeah, definitely. So it's a theory, but it's not a great Also, one. there wouldn't be any footprints left to follow right. from the tent, right? Correct. Okay, so, like, I'm dismissing Avalanche. Unless they, like, climbed a tree and then, like, re- And then, like, grouped. flew back to the tent <laughs> in order to then walk away from well, the tent? Well, there's, there's some um, discussion, debate between even people who were there about where exactly they find the footprints around the tent, whether they were directly outside of it or that they started a while away. I from thought it. they, okay. But even if they don't start directly outside of it, right. I thought they, they like hop out of a tree and stopped right. before you get to the tree. Right. Oh yeah. No, no, like no I'm the saying they just hopped the up a random tree near the tent to like wait huh. out the avalanche and then like, right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And then gotcha. head out. But Yes, you would have to leap out of a tree, land right next to the tent together, <laughs> be super chill, grab none of your right. stuff, and then just start walking. <laughs> right. And then that also doesn't explain the crush injuries because the avalanche right. is already over. Correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I'm dismissing avalanche. Problems there. <laughs> uh, so, animal attack is another hmm. theory that an animal... Attacked the tent yeah. and they fled and yeah, some of them got mauled. Sure, I mean, I mean, some of them were definitely mauled. Like, yeah, had bits of their faces missing. What's but... interesting to me is the animal people most commonly point to is some kind of like wolverine, which like sure, hmm. and and maybe this is I don't know weirdly racist, but like a bear, like I feel like a bear could cause enough force to. Oh, yeah. Slam you into something to cause, like, that... For the, sure. Uh, yeah. The wound on her, or the skull fracture, or, like, those kinds of things, before uh-huh. I would go Wolverine. But Wolverine yes. is everybody's favorite choice, looking at the theories online. And maybe, maybe there's random. some kind of okay. specific Wolverine injuries that I'm unaware of that look like torn faces and eaten eyes. I, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Also, there's yeah. this, this thing I read, yeah. and I, I liked this theory, and I think I like it, like, asterisk. Let me explain why I think I like it. I think I like it because I understand it the least, so it sounds the most plausible. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Right? Yes. One of those things where, like, well, yeah. all of this is nonsense. I was like, whoa. So I would, I would have to, uh, I would have to read a lot more about this phenomenon. But there's a phenomena, phenomena called um, catabatic winds, which... Huh, Sounds right. like it should be uh, like a move in a video game, right? Like <laughs> I summon. Yes, we're back to Street Fighter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm back to Street. Like Chun Li is like uh, spinning kick move. Um, so to review, not a scientist, so I don't entirely <laughs> understand this. But from what I was reading. Um, it's a wind phenomenon. It's extremely rare that happens when colder air begins to kind of like move downhill and hits a much warmer air hmm. and okay. kind of turns into like a snowball 
a wind hmm. snowball. Of wind. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and it moves very quickly and with a lot of force and then hmm. just kind of dissipates again. Hmm. I'm not entirely okay. sure what this is, but it sounds cool and I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The reason some people go with this over, say, an avalanche is because there huh. were reports in the diaries that they found um, that, like, out of nowhere, there was this really warm air shortly before mm. this happened. Um, okay. Yeah. And obviously it's colder the higher you go. So this would have been coming yeah. down the hill. Um, mm-hmm. An avalanche, you're going to hear the rumbling. This yes, you're not. For sure. This is a wind snowball. So... <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> but it's like going to be a similar panic situation like what the fuck is happening? Cut open the tent and run out wearing only what you have on already, you right. know. Right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. explain once again why they so calmly walk down the hill, but I don't have an explanation for why that. <laughs> so Right, yeah, no. <laughs> keep that in mind moving forward i don't really yeah. have an explanation for that um it would have <laughs> knocked down the tent it would have probably moved enough stuff around to bury their things so maybe they thought it was gone or um hmm. they just kind of like indiana jones like we got to run out of the way of this wind ball and like yeah yeah let's go exactly yeah i don't know it sounds cool i'd like more information about it um but i yeah. think I, I think i would it does not explain why they don't grab go back to the tent like i i I can you also can be on board with the like what in the world is happening wind snowball flea situation but then once it's gone like why don't we just go back to the tent you know because you're already hypothermic is my Hmm. is my assumption like it happens if i'm building this narrative in my head out of something i don't truly understand which i'm always like "Mm, now we're just doing sci-fi movies but (laughs) if i'm building this narrative they flee um and they don't have shoes and and right because they they just flee in whatever they're wearing and they were like why they're all in different like states of undress yeah which would also suggest to me that this happened at night so they're in the dark moving without their shit yeah it's colder than it would be during the day even so they've gotten turned around they're hypothermic which makes it difficult to think somebody has the great idea let's let's build a fucking fire um some of them singed toes and hair mm-hmm. and whatever. And then I think maybe the two of them, the first two die of hypothermia and the other ones are like, yo, we got to get, we got to get back. But they're not right. quite sure where back but is because it's Blair Witch. They end up like, yeah, they're confused and hypothermic and they end up walking in the wrong direction right. in the dark. And three yeah, of them drop yeah. dead. And the last four are like, I found a ravine close enough, you know. Um, <laughs> Shelter. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I can see something like that. Or, you know, yeah, if it yeah. were an avalanche. Totally. And then, then you end up with the scrapes and bruises moving through the woods at night in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't explain missing eyeballs and tongues. The only, I mean, unless the it's only explanation scavenging. I don't know. The only explanation I have for the tongue, if it... If it did, in fact, uh, leave while she was alive, <laughs> um, is is the impact bite 
so if something yeah mm. because she had like crush wounds yes. so like if if she got You're hit right. by an avalanche or she got hit by a bear or something she uh-huh. bit down bit her own tongue absolutely the tongue gets taken by a wolverine this tongue falls whatever. out and somebody something eats it yes a hundred percent i'm with you right yeah. i don't know exactly what would have caused that but it's a less no. But that is why horrifying is missing. Right. Yeah. When you combine that with the fact that the skin was cut off or removed from around her eyes, along with her eyes, I don't have a like a benign explanation for that necessarily, unless it was in fact animals after she died. Right. Fingers or crossed. Or maybe it's. Uh, is it possible? I because I don't know what the ravine looks like, but is it possible she just like falls and the you know her face gets like torn up from what i looked at it doesn't i mean she was found like curled around that rock so right so like but she walks off the edge of the ravine because it's dark and she's freezing to death and she's confused and like hits that boulder it doesn't and that's what the crush injuries come from you know something like this to me but i'm looking at photographs so i don't i I couldn't tell you the exact type uh topography of that yeah. So I don't know, but that's the best explanation I have for her missing tongue is something for sure. yeah. startled or yeah, no. some sort of impact, and then because she's also she's that. got like the flattened nose, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. got like right. That's why I'm saying it kind of seems went, to me like she fell. You know, she fell or something hit her. Like she, her body, well, right. To me, is the most suggestive of like avalanche or some wind sort of, like, snowball or something, something, impact. some kind of yeah. severe impact. Mm-hmm. That crushes yeah. things and flattens things and makes her bite her own tongue off and explodes. And maybe her tears off part of her face, though. You know, yeah. like depending on what it is, if yeah. it hit her, hits her front with such force, like I can see that tearing away part of her face. Mm. You know, the only thing that pushes me away from animals with her eyeballs is that she was found like under the snow, wrapped around like a rock, like she's face down around the rock, right. Right, so right. I feel like if animals showed up, they would she have had to like burrow under position. her cheek specifically yeah. to eat her eyeballs, which that's true. Yeah, they're not really like seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah. So those are some of like the the nature explanations for this, like right wolverines and whatever. Um, <laughs> the next bucket I'm just gonna call poisoning. Um, huh. Okay. A couple who, theories. Who poisoned them. Okay. Well, so there's a couple theories. Number one uh, was like shrooms that they uh, like, either, like ate some bad shrooms, <laughs> right? Um, okay, and were tripping balls and left. So I mean, from my own experience living in Russia, like that is one hundred percent a thing that people do. Like, just go out into the woods and, and collect like, mushrooms. Like it's a collect thing. mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, like, that actually is not as strange as it may sound, I feel, you know? Yeah. I mean, they could have brought some with them. Right. I suppose. There is also, there's a type of mushroom that grows in that area that the local, like, indigenous peoples used for um, kind of vision quest ceremony kind of stuff. So there is, Hmm. the problem is they're highly toxic. Um, ah, okay. And so the local people would feed them to like deer and things and the deer would get really high uh, and then they would collect the deer urine because it like right. whatever the chemical process of the deer like, filtering it. it enough type of a thing. Yeah. And then if you use the urine, it was like a fun high instead of 
death. Instead of, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of, of mushrooms that could do this. So the theory is that they accidentally or on purpose ate some bad shrooms. And yeah. <laughs> um, we're all like tripping balls and yeah. then got into some trouble. Okay. I mean... I can see that. I can. I can kind of see that, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the two the two poisoning theories I'll talk about do kind of explain why they would like calmly go down the mountain. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't be in like normal formation because they're tripping balls, and right. like some people like right. wandered off. Remember I said right. So they, yeah. and they came yeah. up. So. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I guess I, I don't have a great explanation for how they get so many impact wounds and. Uh, no, but. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I and nothing quite covers all of the ground I would like it to cover. So. <laughs> right. Um the other poisoning theory that I think has the most validity is uh methanol poisoning. So hmm. there's a couple of ways this could have happened. There were some types of like camp stove fuel that would have mm-hmm. had methanol in it if it got into their food or something it could have poisoned mm. them. This is not my favorite way that they would ingest this methanol. Um, all reports suggest that they were using wood for the stove that they had, which, by the way, was yeah. like it, one of them made this stove. It wasn't like a normal camping stove. It was like his own monster yeah. creation. Right. Um, so I, I don't have a great idea of how the mechanism worked. I just know it was like a homemade jerry-rigged version of a stove. Um, right. But so it does seem to have been wood burning. Right. All reports okay. suggest that it was wood burning, so that's not a great theory. But they had plenty of alcohol with them, and depending on how alcohol is distilled, mm-hmm. they could easily have had basically bad moonshine and ended up with methanol yeah. poisoning. Yeah. Um, methanol poisoning would explain confusion. It would explain blindness, which could actually explain mm-hmm. why they moved down the mountain abreast, mm-hmm. because they were kind of like... Keeping each other in sight or, like, in, linking arms or even. Right, exactly. Like, linking arms yeah. to move together yeah. so nobody got lost. And it would also lost. explain why people wandered off and then came back following Were the sound. Were pulled back. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, or following the sound. It would also explain yeah, yeah. why they, um, when they do build this campfire, the second, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. second location, the um, <laughs> that they cut the branches off the tree instead of gathering the wood that was readily available. right. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they were like, I found a tree. Great. And, <laughs> you know, they could tactilely um, figure that out instead of having to, mm-hmm. like, wander through the woods blind. Right. Again, it doesn't yeah. explain some other things, but sure. But maybe. Yeah. That's possible. Um, yeah. And then sort of, like, there's some similar stuff like that. But those are the two most likely kind of, like, poisoning things. Hmm. I'm also going to throw this in the in the poisoning category because I don't have anywhere else to put it. But there's been some mention of uh, I forget the official term for it, but basically it's called like Arctic hysteria. Um, <laughs> okay. Most notably, this has been recorded to affect like native populations, like po- populations that live in these kinds of conditions normally seem to be. Hmm. Uh, the ones who are affected by it, there has never been a recorded case of like hikers or or adventurers or whatever Travelers getting this of some kind. Yeah, but statistical bias, like there's more yeah. people exactly. over more time. Um, but that would, you know, they would all have to get it, and they would all have to go 
basically batshit crazy and like leave. simultaneously yeah 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 that's um, unlikely right but it would explain like <laughs> if they did start brawling with each other or mm. uh, you know those kinds of things i guess right don't know i um, guess i don't find that particularly convincing but yeah and then the last category which is everyone's favorite category <laughs> is just crazy things um <laughs> Right. I don't really want to talk about these for very long, but um, <laughs> it's stuff like aliens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of which, course. let me start with aliens, because for me, it's in its own weird way, the best packaged argument, because <laughs> you don't need to explain anything after it. If your theory is right. aliens, then you just don't, you, you can just stop talking because we don't know what the aliens would be like or what they were doing or what it would look like. So I don't right. have to explain any of this because aliens. So yeah, <laughs> that's a theory. Um, it is in kind of a genius way, sort of the most internally consistent theory. Right. Exactly. Honestly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's it, if you're going to go that route and like, you say by aliens, virtue of its insanity, it right. is internally consistent yeah I'm like great cool i know everything i need to know about you and your argument in this case and we're done talking great um right some locals claim to have seen like lights in the sky nearby at the time uh could have been anything it's the same thing when they talk about other ufo sightings right like it could have been gas right. or it could have been soviet planes or it could have been you know who yeah knows? Yeah, I was going to say this, like, the lights in the sky kind of dovetails with the, like, government cover-up because it could be, like, test missiles or right. fighter, secret fighter jets or, you know, like, right. yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, Yeti, also a popular... <laughs> yeah, Also a popular go-to. <laughs> Y'all uh, knew we were going to get here. <laughs> yeah, the Discovery Channel, listen, the Discovery Channel kind of did this. Um, they did a whole episode, like a whole, like I don't want to say documentary, let's say show. No. They did a whole show <laughs> yeah. um, about how a Yeti could have done this. Their evidence is pathetic. Um, it, like, no actual scientists think that this is what happens. <laughs> Whatever. Like, when you look at the evidence they're pointing to, like, I, I was telling Tara, I, I don't remember the, the website, because, again, it's a very deep rabbit hole. But um, I found some, like, amateur website <laughs> that went through yeah. literally every single photo on the camera rolls that they found and was, like, circling shadows in the woods and being like, see, they were being followed by a figure the entire time. A Yeti was stalking them. And it's like, <laughs> listen. It's the woods. It's the guys. woods. Like... <laughs> There are shadows. There are shadows. And then the Discovery <laughs> Channel, like, shows this one picture. And I, like, when it pops up on the screen, I'm like, what am I supposed to be looking at? And then apparently I'm supposed to be looking at the picture of the hiker in the middle of it. It's clearly a hiker. Like, it's a person in a puffy <laughs> jacket. Um, but you can't see their face. So they're like, oh, it's a Yeti. Clearly, it's right there. Like, I... Guys, I'm tired. Sorry to your bubble. Right. It's a person. It's a person. It's very clearly a person, but whatever you need to do with your life um it's stuff like that there's a whole category of 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 stuff like that and like yeah i mean i get it because like the more you look at it and the more you try to piece all of these things together if you want one explanation like ultimately in some ways like the kgb and cthulhu seem equally likely (laughs) um right yeah 
<laughs> I mean, the KGB is slightly more likely because they actually existed, but like <laughs> that's the only differentiating factor there for me. Um, right. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I think ultimately what you have to do is realize that whatever happened, it was a series of unlikely events hooked together. Yeah, for sure. To for kind sure. of to kind of get here. And like some things like the radiation you have to excuse as a red herring. Like that didn't necessarily yes. happen. And some of the cuts and Definitely. bruises you're gonna have to assume happened right, right. while they were hiking and some of it was maybe post mortem and like that mm-hmm. that sort yeah. of thing. Um the the bodies being moved post mortem, I don't. Hmm. I I actually have no problem with. So, uh, people get hung up on the fact that these some of these hikers were undressed. Um, there's two possible explanations for this. If they actually did die of hypothermia, <clears throat> um, there's a reaction some people can have, yeah, where they think their body is like on fire, so they take off all their clothes. Yeah, we That's, talked about this with the Donner party. Right, one right, of right. the guys. Um, this happened to like one of the guys who right. left the circle, like took off all his clothes and ran ran away off from like the circle. Like, yeah, this this happens. Yeah, that that's the thing that can happen. So it's entirely possible. Um, but the clothes aren't found near them. So I think a more right. an, another explanation for this is that uh, they died, and then other party members who were freezing to death in the woods moved yeah. the, took the body the, took the clothing off the bodies. Um, yeah, yeah, and put it on. So I don't, I don't think that's... Yeah, for sure. And also, I think that since they cut their way out of the tent, I think whatever motivated them to leave the tent seems to have happened suddenly, you know? Like, they clearly didn't feel, for whatever reason, that there was enough time to, like, put on their shoes and, like, right. get their shit together, you know? Like... Right. And use the actual tent flap. Like, for whatever reason, they clearly felt the need to get out of this tent right fucking now. Which I think is perfectly consistent with, like, their state of dress, you know? Right. They're all found wearing whatever they were wearing that night. So, like, some of them have already stripped down to their undergarments and some of them still have a sweater on, you know? Like... Right. They're all just wearing what they were wearing before this thing happened that made them, like, flee the tent, you right. know? Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, and I mean, and if you're assuming that they had any kind of clothing on, which I would probably assume if it's, like, negative 30 degrees, right. um, that either they took it off in a moment of a hypothermic hysteria or somebody else took it off from them to try to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. I, I don't yeah, see exactly. anything. No, no, no. I, I don't that see doesn't bother me at all. A lot of weirdness with that. Um I think you can also sort of, not that it really helps anything, but you can question the timeline. So the order that the bodies were found in is not necessarily the order that they died in. Right. So it is possible that the people who were like down in that ravine died first and then they're trying to get back to the camp to get their stuff. They all go down into the ravine together and four of them die down there. Right. And the other... Five? We're at five, yeah? Yeah, five. The other five are like, <laughs> okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. Right. And then three of them, like two of them make it to the tree where they die at the fire, and the other three are like, 
I don't know, wandering around on their way right. to the tree. Right, or the other whatever, three you know? die as a... Because one of the... <clears throat> not that this says a lot, but I, I do... I do know that it, it's been pointed out multiple times by multiple like rescue workers and things that one of the, they specifically mentioned that one of the bodies that was found in that little like trail in the woods, mm. I guess, was pointed back towards the camp. So it's mm. possible they, right. they ended up in the ravine, realized, yeah. oh no, we should get back to like our stuff. Yeah. And we're collectively trying to get back. And then maybe like the last two guys, it is possible the last two guys were the ones by the tree um, right right they made it the farthest back to yeah. camp and then succumbed. yeah so i i don't know there's like way too much information missing to <laughs> right. like i i can pe- i can piece together like in a i'm making a movie kind of way like how all of these things happen mm-hmm. um yeah but i have to start cobbling several theories together to get there the, definitely i it did occur to me that one of the reasons that you would burst burst out of your tent and then mm. not be in a panic running down the right down the hill is if something happened in the tent. So yes. maybe a fight breaks out. Hmm. Yeah. And everybody and maybe then like, this is why the one guy has <clears throat> like looks his hand looks like he hit somebody in the face, you know? Right. And then <laughs> Once everybody's like out of the the vicinity, they're just kind of milling around like, yo, what what's your problem, man? <laughs> right. Um doesn't explain why they just like calmly walked away. Again. <laughs> no. Um no. <laughs> Or there was like a fire, but there was no I didn't see any evidence. Yeah, that nothing there had been a fire in there. As in the far tent. as we can tell. Yeah. Um or maybe maybe the flu on their little camp thing wasn't working, so the tent filled with smoke. And filled with like, smoke, oh. yeah. And then there was That's actually yeah, a good suggestion. It was filling up with smoke, and so they sliced it open to, like, release the smoke. Yeah. Right. And then an air snowball came, to, you know what I mean? Like, and pushed them further <laughs> right. away from their stuff. And then right. it's yeah. dark and they're totally. lost. Totally. Yeah. And they've just, they've got some kind of carbon monoxide poisoning, so they're going crazy. And so one of them rips mm-hmm. their own eyeballs out, and they're like, hey, maybe this is not a good plan. Maybe we should go back and get our stuff. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. have to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's like whatever you end up saying is going to sound insane because each of these things is yes. so unlikely. But I, yeah. looking at yeah. what is available, that's where I'm at. Is it's just one of those like it just happened to be a coin flip that landed on its edge every single time, like multiple right. times in a row. Yeah, right. Totally. Which does happen. I mean, statistically speaking, yeah. it's so, going to happen eventually. Yeah. So and to me, in a weird way, it seems more likely that a series of statistically unlikely things happened in a row rather than like a yeti you know what i mean (laughs) right i'm gonna go ahead and say i personally don't believe that it is the deus ex machina device of aliens right i personally don't buy that i I feel comfortable (laughs) announcing that to the world i don't think it was aliens (laughs) <laughs> right nor do i think it was a yeti so like yeah nor do i think it was a yeti and i don't think it was any kind of nuclear testing um no definitely not no I or think... even weapons testing because i don't think right i don't feel like there's enough evidence like actual evidence of destruction around the site to support any of that you know right and i just i like i feel like kgb training there'd be more bullet holes involved um mm-hmm you know, I just, I, I don't, 
I think it's entirely possible that the government got involved in trying to cover this up. But I think... Yes, yes. It was... 1,000%. Right. (laughs) It seems more likely to me that they thought there was some external force acting here that they needed to cover up. Right. Rather than... Yeah. Oh, no, we screwed up. Because I think if it was, oh, no, we screwed up, they would have had it better contained. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, I mean... I said already, like, they would just have disappeared. Right. You know? I also and the story was... would be, this group of hikers walked into the wilderness and never came out. The end. That would be the story. Right. You know? If it was, like, the KGB fucked up and then covered it up, like, <laughs> guys, I promise the KGB had a lot of practice at this sort of right. thing <laughs> and would not have left the scene in this state, you know? Right. <laughs> Right. would not have like allowed it to be found this way so like yeah i yeah. don't i don't buy that but yes like again it is 1959 like we are only six years out from the death of stalin like it's the khrushchev era like paranoia is high and is real you know mm-hmm. so yeah they probably did think that it was some sort of you know american cia western european like insane plot you know oh yeah i mean if i'm in if it's 1959 and i'm in the kgb or any kind of like intelligence and reports come back of the state that these hikers were found in i'm gonna yeah. like i have yeah. some questions yeah and i don't sure. want anyone else to get answers before i do like it occurs to me you know you're you're talking about the order that these the deaths happened in and the first the two that are found first under the tree with the little campfire they're the ones who are wearing the least clothing correct correct they also had the fewest um external yeah injuries like uh, Re, like if you just found them you would just think that they wandered off and and got right, hit with their and died. yeah yeah like the fact that they're wearing the fewest clothes actually suggests to me that they did in fact die die first, first because, because everybody else pilfered their shit exactly yeah. yeah and that would also explain as you were saying like the the blood pooling the unusual like blood pooling patterns because right. They died, right. and then they were moved around in to order get to their take stuff their off clothes off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm fine So, I think maybe they did. I mean, unless it's that first. in succumbing to hypothermia, they pulled off right. their own clothes. And they just, like, And the clothes were just Buried under snow or something or, and never yeah, found. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I, I also don't have, like, a good theory i mean we can like you say we can kind of come up with a series of unlikely events at each turn to be like okay but what about the fill in the blank and be like okay well for that we have you know but like yeah if you do want to fall down that rabbit hole you can stay down there for years if you oh yeah (laughs) and like i said at a certain point you just kind of throw your hands up and you're like kgb or cthulhu could be either i'm just super good with it um which was really hard like putting this episode together putting my notes together um what i had to do was just ignore the theories entirely until i was done reading (laughs) through autopsy reports and things because right i didn't want to bias what i was like the facts 
with yeah. the theories because I think that's where people go wrong is they hear like, oh, hikers died in the woods and they're mm-hmm. like, yetis. And then they like retrofit everything. <laughs> Definitely. Around yeah. it. And it, it's just, it's really hard not to do that because the human brain wants to make sense of things. Right. Um, yeah. And because it's all so disparate that it's just like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And so that's, that's all I've got for you. Welcome to the end of season two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where I leave us frozen and mangled in Siberia with no answers. Such a bizarre case. Such a fascinating and bizarre story. So, yeah, I will, yeah. before we, like, totally wrap up, let me just remind everybody, I'm going to be putting a poll up on Twitter for what our first episode yes. should be for season three. Um, yeah. So that'll be up for a week after this episode airs. Um, yes. So if you have time, pop over uh, to In The End Podcast on Twitter and just let us know what you're, what you're thinking about. Yeah. Come vote in the poll. If you have other ideas that are not up in the poll, but that you would like to see us talk about, you can also tweet at us or you can email us at in the end podcast at gmail.com and thanks for listening through season two and we'll be back in september for season three thanks guys thanks the end Luke's yeah. got tunnels. They're building like a Trojan horse corn effigy. Like I, like, blah, blah 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 blah. And she just like very pointedly to the camera. She was like, "My favorite part of this plan is how complicated it is." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel like this is most of your life, Jane, dealing with these boys. <laughs>